What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with another bowl season episode. We're previewing the next eight games for you guys. We're getting y'all all the way up to New Year's Day in 2021. That episode is going to be a celebration of many things, including, you know, Auburn playing. But we'll I don't know if that's going to be a big celebration. We'll get there. We're covering all kind of games today, guys. We had the big matchup between Florida, Oklahoma. Can Oklahoma State get it done against Miami without Chuba Hubbard? And can Sam Ellinger continue being a monster in bowl games against Colorado in the Alamo Bowl? We answer all that here and more. Guys, that's our only segment today, but it's still a full show. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Starting out here, the Offer Pad Arizona Bowl, Brandon, in Arizona Stadium. We have San Jose State 7-0 and going up against Ball State 6-1, and Brandon. And San Jose State is a nine-and-a-half point favorite over the Cardinals. Who do you have here and why? Guys, I just wish that I could talk to you like, like I knew anything that was going on in this game. Um, all I know about Ball State is that they somehow showed up and beat Buffalo when uh, – when their running back was out with COVID or whatever, or contact tracer, whatever it was. Uh, that's the only thing I know about them is that they won their conference championship. They're the Maction champs and San Jose state. I found out they were undefeated like two weeks before their season ended. So I'm not like, I'm not going to fool all you guys and act like I know exactly what's going on. What I will say is that I think we're, we're like pretty set to see a really good game, Zach. Um, we've got, we've got the two quarterbacks here. We've got uh Starkle for, uh, for San Jose State, we've spoken about him before and and what he brings to the table. I mean, he's a good quarterback, especially at, to be at San Jose State, this program that, like, what, two years ago hadn't won a game in three years, something like that. Yeah. And and on the other side of the ball, I mean, Ball State has Drew Plitt, who, I mean, has really come out and surprised a lot of people, including myself. Uh, I mean, this guy's thrown for, for 1,937 yards on the season, 16 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. So, I mean, the quarterback play in this matchup is is going to be something to definitely watch. Um, what I will say is that Ball State's defense has been kind of like the bane of this season. Uh, while they have been pulling out wins, like you said, they're 6-1. and one. I mean, they've been allowing their opponents to to score within a touchdown in, in I think, uh, four of their last five – or three of their last five games, something like that. And, and so – while they are winning, it's not like they're winning super convincingly, if that makes sense. I mean, they, they pulled out a 31-25 victory against uh, Northern Illinois, uh, 27-24 against Toledo, and 30-27 to against Western Michigan. I, I mean, I just feel – I feel like to be put up against a team like San Jose State um, and to actually have a chance to compete in this matchup, you're going to need more convincing wins than that. Um and so, yeah, I think San Jose State's going to win this game. I'm not sure by how much, but I, like I said, I think it's going to be a great game to watch. It definitely is, but I, I think the unit to watch is the defense for the Spartans. They're only giving up about 18 points per game. They're giving up under 350 yards per game. I mean, you look at their last five games, no game within single digits, Brandon. They've And they've played tough opponents. They had to travel to San Diego State, travel to Hawaii on the island, Brandon. They had Nevada, who's been pretty good. They got Boise State in the conference championship game and beat them by 14 points. Right. Uh, they're really, really balanced. Nick Starkle is the key to the offense, man. This this team has been averaging over 300 yards per game through the air. They still rush for almost 150 they they are dynamic on offense. They can equal Ball State's talent and productivity on offense. But I think the difference in this game, Brandon, is San Jose State is going to be able to stop Ball State more than Ball State can stop them. 
And I think that's why the Spartans pulled this one off. You have to see if can Caleb Huntley do enough on the ground to open up some passing lanes for Plitt, and can that defense stop Nick Starkle? I mean, 16 touchdowns, only four interceptions, Brandon, only almost 2,000 yards passing in only seven games. I'm looking for San Jose State actually to pull away from this one, Brandon. I think they cover the nine-and-a-half-point spread. I have San Jose State 34, Ball State 24 down in the Arizona Bowl. I could definitely see a very similar score. Um, I'm going to give San Jose State's offense a little bit more credit, and I'm going to say this game is going to end up being, let's go with 41 to 24. I like that. I like that pick. Let's move on here, man. The Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Tulsa, number 24 in the country, 6-2 and two against the 3-7 and seven Mississippi State Bulldogs. Tulsa is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Brandon. Can the Bulldogs put on for the SEC down in – where's this play played? Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Zach. And I know Mississippi State is the SEC team. I know how our bias normally sways. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can let my bias, like, sway me in this one. And I get it. I mean – Mississippi State has shown up at, at certain times this season, uh, but other times, I mean, they've looked, like, awful. You know, their three wins came against LSU, Vanderbilt, and Missouri. Um, that's not – Three like trash very, teams. That's not, Well, Missouri, I would say, is probably the best of those three teams. <laughs> probably. Which is – like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, what is this, 2006? Missouri's actually good. Missouri had a, had a decent season, and then Mississippi State shows up out of nowhere and, and hangs 51 on them. Who does that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Mike Leach. Yeah, apparently Mike Leach does. I don't know. I feel like that was a blip on the radar, honestly. Uh, that's what Mississippi State will do to you. That's what Mike Leach will do to you. I, I mean, you know, co- coming off of three straight losses, and, and I, I mean, to Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, Auburn, then all of a sudden they beat Missouri. I mean, that if, if that doesn't define what Mike Leach is, I don't know what does. Um what I will say about Tulsa is that they've been a very, very impressive team, at least in my opinion, this season. I mean, they've got a couple huge wins, and their only two losses were to Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. And they both only on the road. lost both on the road, and they only lost to Cincinnati in their conference championship by three points. I mean, we all watched that game. We covered the game on the podcast. 27 24, uh, Cincinnati pulled that one out, but Tulsa looks good, man. They really do. Um, this defense is stout. They're only they're holding teams to 340 yards a game, uh, I, and I mean honestly, what I mean the thing that stands out the most to me is that they're holding teams to 194 yards passing on the season, and so I mean, what is Mississippi State going to do without Kylan Hill uh, with this air or so called air raid offense? I don't I don't <laughs> think it's a true air raid. Mike Leach is trying his best, but it's awful. Uh, the quarterback is 316 passes, so he's trying, but he only has 1,800 yards. Um, I don't know. I, I think this Tulsa defense takes over, and I think Tulsa pulls this one out. And I, honestly, take take Tulsa, take the spread, take the spread. Two and a half, that's not enough, Tulsa. Agreed. Uh, I completely agree. Um, I think Will Rogers is talented for Mississippi State. I also think Zach Smith's talented for Tulsa, but the level of difficulty is greatly different for these guys will rogers is facing a defense that really held down cincinnati a few weeks ago held down oklahoma state early they've held teams below their scoring average in almost every single game i really like this tulsa defense i think they got playmakers they have stars on that team that are going to be future nfl players you look at zach smith can this mississippi state team stop anybody brandon no other than maybe Bo Nix. Yeah, and Miles Brennan, apparently. <laughs> Miles Brennan still threw for like 400 yards. No, he didn't, they didn't stop Miles Brennan. They stopped everything else, though. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, you look at this Mississippi State team, they're 3-7, and seven, Brandon. I know they play in the SEC. They're getting outscored by almost 10 points a game. They're giving up almost 400 yards per game. I, I don't have – I was about to say this is one of like those rare circumstances like in SEC in SEC football that you see that Mississippi State is actually giving up more points than they're allowed and then they're scoring a game. Um, I I don't know that I've seen that this year. Uh, I guess maybe like Arkansas is probably doing the same. I don't know, 
I don't guess. Know. Arkansas played pretty well down the stretch, man. Don't disrespect the Razorbacks like that. Oh, Zach, they they are scoring twenty five points a game and and allowing thirty four or thirty five. Well, this is so. this is upsetting to hear. This this has ruined my night. <laughs> How you feel? I'm How not, you feel? I'm not gonna lie to you. That kind of ruined my night there. But listen, I mean, like you said, Colin Hill's out. I don't think Jaquavius Marks is the answer. I think Keelan Stokes, I think Corey Taylor II are going to dominate up front for Tulsa. They're going to be almost able to score at will. I mean, how much how much motivation does a 3-7 and seven team have coming into a bowl game? I mean, none. They're not playing for anything. Right? And Tulsa's going to have all the motivation in the world because they're the AAC team. They're going to be wanting to prove that the SEC isn't all that. I mean, the SEC team's going to bowl games with targets on their back. Right. Straight targets on their back. And I think Tulsa's going to make a statement down in Fort Worth this weekend. Brandon, this might shock you. It, it probably It's probably going to really shock you here. I have Tulsa 34, Mississippi State 14. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, definitely hit that that um, that Tulsa spread. I'm gonna go. Oh gosh, I'm gonna go Tulsa 31, Mississippi State 21. Wow, both picked the AAC team. Look at that! On all those people saying we had SEC bias, we're gonna yeah. really test it here <laughs> as we go down to the Texas Bowl in NRG Stadium down in Houston. We got the Arkansas Razorbacks three and seven up against the TCU Horned Frogs six and four. Brandon, who do you have in this one? You know what's weird is that TCU's been like one of those sneaky teams that's just been flying under the radar all season. At least, I mean, for me anyway. You know, this isn't a team that like jumps off the paper when when you're looking at matchups. I don't know that we've covered TCU at all this season, have we? I mean, yeah, I don't we remember. did when I when I picked Texas when I picked them against that's Texas, right. and you called that's me right. a crazy person. Yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, we covered them one time this season. Other than that, I kind of forgot they were a program. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess they're probably going to go just as far as their quarterback takes them. And I guess you should listen to me when I say that because I said the same thing uh, about about uh, Malik Willis this this past week, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But man, what a, what a game that was! Um, but Max Duggan, I mean, he has been taking this Horn Frogs team. I mean, he is their offense, right? Yeah. I mean, he's leading in passing yards and rushing yards on the season. I mean, 1,800 yards uh, passing, 526 on the ground, which is nuts. I mean, for a quarterback, I, I, I don't know. That's that's more than some of the running backs we cover on this on this show. But how many how many yards did Chuba Hubbard have? He probably beat him out, right? Um, I don't know, but TCU, like I said, one of those sneaky teams, Arkansas is also one of those sneaky teams because even though they've lost all of their games for the most part, I mean, they, they were doomed from the very beginning. I mean, we talked about them before the season started and, you know, who got like uh, preferable uh, schedules in the SEC, who was maybe discriminated a little bit against in Arkansas. If anyone was discriminated against, it was them. Um, I mean, their final stretch was Florida, LSU, Missouri, Alabama, you know, they pulled out wins against Tennessee. Uh, who else? They, they beat um, they beat Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Other than that, I mean, they should have beat Auburn, I guess. But but Zach's, Zach's, Zach will probably deny that because that's just the kind of guy he is. He um, spiked the ball. That's all I'm going to say. He threw it behind him, Zach. He spiked um, the ball. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this one's actually going to be kind of tough for me to pick. I, I mean – I don't think either one of these teams are necessarily good, um, but I do think one team's a little better than maybe, I don't know, maybe we're going to give them credit for. Um, I will say this, watch out for Arkansas. And and they are, they are a very sneaky team. Uh, Felipe Franks, I know people have been talking about him a lot this season, but, he, I mean, he's really been putting on a show there. I, I mean, he, he's got to be the best quarterback I can remember there, other than, like, the Allen brothers who played there a couple years back. Felipe Franks has really been putting on a show. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely going to be a fun one to watch. I think the bowl selection uh, – I think this bowl selection committee for this, for this matchup uh, did a really good job. I, I think that even the past two games have been incredible. You see, I think we look at this game completely differently. I think there's a clear favorite here. I think TCU runs away with this one. It's going to get really? ugly. They're only four and a half point favorites. 
there's no word on who's going to be the starting quarterback for Arkansas. Felipe Franks, or they have two or th- I think they have two true freshmen behind him that could start. Um, Max Duggan has been spectacular in the biggest games. He led this team over Texas, 20 total touchdowns on the year, only four turnovers. He's put up over what 2,300 yards of total offense. And I think they have talent at wide receiver. And the biggest thing is his defense, man. This defense for Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs have been elite for years, only allowing about 350 per game. They're holding teams to about 24 points per game. They're not allowing a lot through the air. They definitely aren't allowing it on the ground. I think Trayvon uh, Morig and the rest of the boys in the secondary are going to make whoever starts a quarterback's day a very, very long one down here in Houston. I think Max Duggan has a big game. Felipe Franks, um, if he starts, I think he's going to get picked off two, three times. I I don't see this Arkansas team being able to run the ball very well, even with, you know, uh, Traylon Smith and, you know, Raheem Boyd and all them. I don't, I don't, I don't think this Arkansas team is very good, Brandon. I think they're motivated. I think they're tough, but they're coming off four straight losses to LSU, Florida, Missouri, and Alabama. I think their morale is down. This TCU team, on the other hand, three straight wins over and one including over Oklahoma State. It was an impressive win, 29-22. I think TCU has the momentum. They have the better team. I have TCU, Brandon, 38-10 to over Arkansas. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's very surprising. Um, I think it's going to be a, a much closer game. I know it's, the spread is uh, TCU minus four and a half. I think Arkansas covers that. I don't think they win, but I think they cover that. I'm going to go with TCU 31, Arkansas 28. I got to stop picking first. I keep forgetting that you're trying to improve your pick six record out here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I might just tell you the entire time. Oh, they did last episode. I, I you got called out for it by a few people who texted me. Did I? Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to need you to look, give me a couple phone numbers after the show. <laughs> because I picked before you on every single every single pick last week. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Let's move to the worst bowl name in the history of bowl names. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. No, no one wants no, to be a no, part no. of this. No Duke's Mayo Bowl slander. Not on this show. Not on my podcast. <laughs> it's garbage. This is a bad no. name. We have Wake Forest 4-4. Four and four. It's the battle of 500, so it's not even a good matchup. Wake Forest at 4-4. Four and four, Wisconsin 3-3. Three and three. Bank of America Stadium, 11 a.m. Central on the 30th. Brandon, you getting up early for this one, and who do you like? I'm, who do you think I like, Zach? And as much as I hate it, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I don't know if they're going to win. They're probably not going to win. I'm picking them, so, so absolutely not. Um, they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that's insane. I think that's insanity. Um, why would this team ever win? Why would anything good ever happen to me? That's that's my analysis. Haven't you lost what three straight games picking them? Yeah, I won the first one and I lost every other one. That's real tough, bro. I won when they played Illinois. That was it. You what? I won when they played Illinois. No, you you picked them against Michigan. We both did. That's right. I did. Yeah, we did pick Illinois. Why would we cover Wisconsin, Illinois, Brandon? I don't know. Zach is the first game of the season. This is real tough for you. This is a bad look for you on the podcast. Well, you know what? Pick six, gambling corner. That's all the same thing to me. (laughs) I mean, we we have strength versus strength here, Brandon. Wake Forest's offense is just monstrous. I mean, they put up points even in their losses. I mean, they put up 53 against UNC in a loss. They, I mean, they're scoring at 37 points per game. They're putting up over 430 yards per game, almost 300 to the air, almost 170 on the ground. And they're going up against the Wisconsin defense, only allowing 260 yards per game, less than 100 yards rushing. It's which can come through. Can Jim Leonard's defense stop Wake Forest enough and give their offense a chance? Because Wisconsin's having some problems scoring, Brandon. And yeah. In their last four games, seven points, six points, seven points, 20 points. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. But what you need to understand, Zach, is that this is Big Ten football. We're not talking about Ohio State Big Ten football. We're talking about true <laughs> run three downs a, a possession Big Ten football. Pun it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> run two times, pass, do the play action pass on third down, punt the ball on fourth down. You know what's kind of disappointing for you, right? What? That Sam Hartman is outplaying Graham Mertz. 
Oh, I wouldn't. No, 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 no. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Sam Hartman's had a one. I mean, he's had a crazy year that no one's talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem. Is Sam Hartman and um. Who's this Tyler receiver? Jaquari Robinson. I, I couldn't remember his first name there for a second. They if they get going, Graham Mertz in this offense is going to have to perform. Graham Mertz, Jalen Berger, what is happening, Brandon? This was a guy you said could win the Heisman Trophy. No, I did. He's a freshman. When would I say what? No, you said he had the potential to eventually win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he probably does in his career. I mean, you know what I was basing that off of? I was basing that off of he's a Wisconsin running back, Zach. No, Mertz, not Berger. Berger is solid, but he's a true freshman. But Mertz, you have been talking nothing but praise. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm still the conductor on that train. I mean, we we are quickly approaching the Jameis Winston ratio right now. Um, that's that's yeah. a difficult look for me. Uh, I understand that. I'll eat that. I'll take that. Um, he had a fantastic first game, and ever since I've been like, oh, okay. Oh, fantastic second game too against Michigan. Um, and then. What are, what are we talking about right now? That, let's, <laughs> let's not get crazy. He, he had a decent game, but he got carried. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, he got he got so carried, Zach. Are you serious? Um, Do you, he had he was what 127 yards passing? I mean, that's that's excellent. I mean, he's he's a leader on this team, Zach. You know, when I'm this, over when, this. When I'm Wisconsin over this podcast when Wisconsin scores what what 49 points. He scores forty nine points. He's the leader of this team. He is. He is a. He's the heart and soul. Go ahead, Wisconsin Badgers. I'm sorry. He's my boy. He's my boy. If you you added all his touchdowns up in six games, it barely averages fifty six. Okay, that's fine. We're fine with that. We're all over that. We love that. We Mm. stand. Uh, You're so lucky that they're facing this Wake Forest defense, giving up 32 points per game and almost 500 total yards. I was about to say, if there was a more perfect matchup, I don't, I don't know where it is for Wisconsin because they're just going, I mean, I I hate, I hate to say this to Wake Forest because their offense is so electric. Everyone knows I'm a big offensive minded guy. That's all I talk about is offense. Um, This defense for Wisconsin is just too good. And, and they're, they're too solid at every single position. I think, and they're probably going to shut down this this Wake Forest offense. Um, I think I think they at least limit them. I think Jalen Berger has a big game. Uh, you got to give him the ball, feed him the ball if you're Wisconsin because this Wake this Wake Forest this Wake Forest defense is giving up 200 yards rushing per game. I know, but they might. I don't know Wisconsin. I don't know. They're going to spread the ball out on the ground. I don't think it's just Jalen Berger. I think it's. I think it's a combination. They have like three running backs. They just. I don't know why they're using three the, running backs, but that's what they do. The only advice is run the damn ball. I'm. I'm in. I'm all in on that. Someone make a. Someone make. What color is Wisconsin? What color do they call that red? It's just uh, a red and white hat. Yeah. Run the damn ball. That's what I want. I want a hat that <laughs> says that. Run the damn ball, Wisconsin. I think they do, Brandon. I think this defense has a few opportunistic plays. I have Wisconsin in a low-scoring close one, 2017 Wisconsin. I'm going to go with Wisconsin as well. Um, I, Like I said, I do not think they cover the spread. Yes, it's very low-scoring. It's, it's a Wisconsin game. I'm going to go with Wisconsin 24, uh, Wake Forest 21. I like that pick. I like that pick. Now into some real games. Um, you know, we're going to start with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Brandon, Memphis, Tennessee, the 31st, three o'clock central on ESPN, West Virginia, five and four against army nine and two. Who do you have here and why? So this game is going to be so much fun just because anytime that army plays a team that isn't, that, that isn't used to playing them, that's always just a great time, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, it, that they they play this certain kind of offense that nobody else plays. I mean, they play the wishbone, they do the triple option, um, and no one's prepared for that. I mean, all season long, uh, teams go into this game and like they have to change their entire defense, and, and and doing that to a team on a week's notice is certainly difficult. I mean, this is a bowl game where. Like, we didn't know if it was going to be played. Um, Army didn't know if they were going to be in a game at all uh, this this, uh, this bowl season. 
which would which would have been very disappointing. It would have disrespected our troops immensely, by the way. So I'm glad I'm glad they got they they got to sneak a game in there. Um, Army, I wish I could give it to them in this one. It, it, this one's so difficult. I really want to pick Army Zach, but West Virginia, something about them, something about Jared Dagey and and the way he's been playing all season. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think the key to this victory will have to be how prepared uh, West Virginia is to stop this triple option attack Um, and not just a normal triple option attack. I'm talking about a triple option attack that has been annihilating everyone that army's played this season. I mean, they have two losses on the year. I mean, that's, that's, that's unheard. That's incredible. Um, The only reason that I'm kind of leaning toward West Virginia, at least in this point, I'll probably talk myself out of it three more times before I finally pick who who I have in this matchup. The only reason that I'm, that I'm leaning West Virginia right this second is because they've got like a good while to prepare for this, for this game. It's not a week's notice. It's not, Hey, we're practicing for everybody else and stop what we're doing. Practice this defense. They came to the end of their season. They saw they were playing army and they've had all the time in the world to sit there and prepare I mean, to go all out in the last game of the season uh, against this Army offense. I mean, I, I see what you mean there. It still was a little bit of late notice because they didn't know if Army was going to be able to do this. But, I mean, I get I get your point there. But the thing is, is what West Virginia team are we going to get, Brandon? Look sure. at their last five games. Lost to Texas, A&L, Texas Tech by seven. That's not a good loss. At Texas Tech, you should be able to put up more than 27 on that defense. Then... You get a ranked Kansas State team when they were still relatively healthy, 37 to 10. Huge win there. Then you lose to Texas, 17 to 13. Right. That's a bad look. Then you beat a decent TCU team and beat them handily. And then you go face Iowa State and get beat 42 to 6. Yeah, that's tough. Barisi Hall ate your lunch that day. Well, whose lunch doesn't he eat, Zach? Apparently Oklahoma's okay. Besides them, <laughs> said, can, can we excuse them? Um, them and ULF yet? That that is that is probably fair enough there. Um, but then you look at Army. You know, my question is: Can Army score enough to win this game? Yeah, that's that's that I mean, that, that is the question, isn't it? Fi- the ugly win over Navy, fifteen nothing. That offense was atrocious. 10 to 7 against Air Force, atrocious again. It's, I, I think their defense is elite. I think West Virginia's defense is really, really good. But that West Virginia offense is just so powerful, Brandon. Can Army keep pace with them? And can Army get enough stops there? I mean, Army's leading rusher has seven less touchdowns than Letty Brown for West Virginia. Right. When Army has to pass, it goes wrong. I mean, Anderson has one touchdown, three interceptions on his 41 attempts. That's okay. So they, I like that he's 16 for 41 as well. Like, why would you pass the ball 41 times if you're Army? I don't know. I mean, they're young. You got to think they lost a lot of talent from last year's team. So a lot of these guys are very, very young and didn't play a lot. So they're learning on the fly, you know, I look at West Virginia, man, and it's just if they can get Doji going and they can keep Army off balance, this could be a blowout. But if they if Army can run the ball and keep it close, then I have a tough time not picking Army here. So, I mean, this is probably one of the toughest games we've picked, honestly. And Letty Brown's going to have to be spectacular. Jared Doji has to be spectacular. It's just can Army control the time possession? We saw when um, – who was it last year? I think it was Air Force played Washington State. We were like, listen, if Washington State can throw the ball, it's over. But if Air Force can control the time of possession, it's it's a wrap. And they held, held the ball for over 40 minutes of the game. And it right. wasn't even close. you got to avoid turnovers, too, because if you give this Army team extra possessions, that clock's going to go down real fast. I mean, right. this is an Army team where we've seen their scheme keep keep the ball away for entire quarters. I mean, I was listening to an interview with uh, with uh, with their head coach a couple of days ago. Yeah, Jeff Munkin, and and the way he talks, I mean, the way that they can control the ball, I mean, it's unlike any other. I'm talking about. He was talking about. I want to say like 20 minute drives. Like it's crazy. Like they hold the ball for entire quarters. 
Yeah, I mean, if if West Virginia can, do, I mean, if West Virginia can't stop that, if they can't stop this Army rushing attack, like I said, man, it's, I mean, that's game set match. That's it for West Virginia, especially, I mean, the way they've been playing here lately. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Army forces enough turnovers. I know Doji only has three. I think they force one or two. I do think they can keep the ball away from West Virginia. And I think this team is going to be so motivated to come in here and play because they thought they weren't going to be able to have a chance. that They're going to come. They're going to be the most motivated team this entire bowl season. I have Army in a very, very low scoring game, 14 to 10 over West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, 14 10. Wow. I, man. I have to differ from you at some point. I'm going to go with West Virginia in this one, Zach. Um, I definitely don't think that they cover the spread here. I mean, that's seven points. Um, I, if you're a betting man, that under looks quite enticing, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it 40 does. And a half. <laughs> man, that's tough. I'm going to go with West Virginia in this one, uh, 17 to 10. No, Ooh. 17 to 12. To 12. <laughs> are they going to get four field goals or are they just going to go for two and miss it? Uh, yes, just 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 watch. It, it's it's going to be very inter- entertaining. I'll say that. <laughs> Not well, sure if Army had the kicker. I don't know. I like that pick. Let's let's head down to the Alamo Bowl down in San Antonio, the Valero Alamo Bowl. My bad. My my apologies to Valero there. No free ads. Num- <laughs> Number twenty, Texas, six and three against a four and one, Colorado Buffaloes. Brandon, does Sam Ellinger somehow pull it off again? Well, I mean, what do we mean somehow? They're playing against Colorado, and I get it. Colorado is probably a pretty good team this season. Um, I, I mean, in the five games that we've actually been able to watch them play this season, uh, their only loss came, what, two weeks ago against Utah? Yeah. Which, I don't know. I, I, In my opinion, Colorado has benefited, like, immensely from their schedule. They've played UCLA, and UCLA kept it close in that one. Uh, they played Stanford. Stanford kept it close again. Uh, San Diego State kept it relatively close within 10 points. And then Arizona, they blew – I mean, they didn't really blow them out. They only beat them by 11, but it's Arizona. And then they go to play Utah, this team that we've been talking about, you know, this team that that shouldn't have won any games this season. I mean, they had all of their starters leave. Um, I mean, it's a miracle that they were able to end this season at 3-2. and two. I mean, they ended up having a winning record. Um I don't know. I don't have a lot, a whole lot of faith in this Colorado team. Um, it's always horns down around here. Don't get me wrong. But like I said on the last segment, oh. if you're a betting man, take this Texas spread because Texas is, is going to do some dirty things to Colorado this weekend. Yeah, you know, you're kind of fake for picking Texas if you're horns down for life. I'm not going to lie. horns down for life. I'm sorry, but Colorado is not a good team. Colorado, I mean, I've already slapped the, the fraud tag on Virginia Tech, but I think I'm about to have to do it again. That's it. I'm doing Ooh. it. Slap it on. Slap it on Colorado. Oh. The Colorado Fraudalos. The Fraudalos. <laughs> you are so stupid, bro. Um, listen, San Neuer, um, overrated. Fraud. Fraud. Six touchdowns, five interceptions, exactly 1,000 yards. Fake tough guy. <laughs> Fake tough guy. And you're putting him up against Sam Ellinger. 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. And listen, he finally came. I talked about him in the preseason, but John Robinson has finally arrived. 520 yards, three touchdowns. He single-handedly just about scored 69 on Kansas State. Nice. And, you know, listen, I know this Texas defense is not very good, Brandon. I get it. They lost, I believe, they're they're missing five starters going into this game, including Joseph Asai potential first round pick but this Colorado team's not very good either they're giving up a lot of yards they're giving up a lot of points I don't trust that offense their whole offense is uh was it Jarek Broussard this kid is a monster in five games Brandon 813 yards no I mean it's it's been nuts he's averaging almost six and a half yards per carry he's been balling but Brandon, it's Sam. It's potentially, potentially Sam Ellinger's last game in the burnt orange. And I, I just, they always seem to do it, Brandon, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Utah last year. Th- this team always clicks during bowl season and it's not even close. Right. 
And listen, two years ago, I forgot what their what is their cow called or whatever it is. Um, I, I forgot. I, I, oh, it's um, uh, Bevo. Okay, you remember when Bevo went after Ugo? I do. That, who that's a bad taking, omen. Who are you taking in the matchup, Bevo versus versus Ralphie the Buffalo? Oh, Ralphie every single time. It doesn't matter who it's up against. <laughs> well, and if they face off on the field, you know, really and truly, I'm more excited. We should just let Ralphie and Bevo face off at the 50 instead of this game. <laughs> I, I would love that. Well, I, never mind. I don't want to condone um, animal fights on the podcast. That's probably a fair enough. They're, you know, they're, they're definitely going to get canceled for that. But listen, I think Sam Ellinger – eats this game. I think Broussard is limited. I think Bajan Robinson has been balling. This team is putting up 41 points per game. Brandon, I think they cover. I don't even think it's close from the get-go. I expect Neuer to be past Jameis Winston. He's going to have more INTs and touchdowns this year. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, what am I going to uh, – 49-17 Longhorns roll in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, my. 49-17. I'm also taking Texas. I think it's a big win as well. Um, hit the over if, if you haven't already. It's, what is it, 63 and a half? Yeah. Texas might score that. I'm going to go with Texas. Jeez. Uh, um, Texas 45 to Colorado 21. I like that score. I, that's that's a that's a nice score. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. That's not that's not bad. But let's go to this game is gonna be so hard to pick, Brandon. Oh my yeah. goodness. One point spread down in the Cheez It Bowl, Camping World Stadium, Orlando, Florida. It is tomorrow or tonight if you're listening to this when it's dropped. It is tonight, four thirty PM Central, Oklahoma State, Miami Hurricanes. Brandon, Chuba hovers out. But the rest of these guys are here. De'Aaron King has made his statement that he's coming back next year. I, I, that hurts to say because this Miami team is going to be scary good. Brandon, who do you have in the Cheez-It Bowl? And this, this is one of my favorite bowl games, to be completely honest with you. The Cheez-It Bowl, I mean, you just can't. Yeah, it works perfectly. Uh, I mean, what do you – I'm getting kind of hungry thinking about the Cheez-It Bowl right now. As a matter of fact, I might have to go get a snack. Cheez-It, if you're listening, we need a sponsorship. So – um, this one is really tough to pick, Zach. And, you know, what we get out of this is two uh, offenses that put up similar similar yards per game, uh, two defenses. I think Oklahoma State's is slightly better, um, but neither one are particularly good defenses, or at least they haven't been here recently. Um, I don't yeah, know. Ask Miami's run game. <laughs> ask Miami's run I mean, it, to be fair, ask Oklahoma State's run game because where's that been? Where's where's the Chuba Hubbard that we hyped up all offseason and all last year? He he hasn't shown up. Um, he's not playing in this game, like you said. Uh, and, and what's his name? L.D. Brown? Is is he going to yeah. end up playing? Is he? Yeah, he's yeah. he's the starter. I mean, the kid can eat. The kid can play. Um, hope maybe hopefully for Oklahoma State, he shows up and he puts on a show. Um, like I said, I mean, this one's so tough to pick. Uh, I'm I'm wanting to lean toward Miami in this one, and I don't know why. Like, I, I think that I'm just so, like, in the back of my mind and hoping that Derek King has an incredible game. You know, I'm not saying he's had a bad year. I don't think he's had a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's had a really good year, um, especially with all the hoops that it took to play. I mean, he's passed for nearly 2,600 yards. He's passed for 22 touchdowns, only five interceptions, and that's not even what he's done on the, on the run game. Uh, I mean, the kid's had an incredible season so far. Um, and honestly, I mean, the fact that he's coming back next season, I think motivates him, like, slightly more. You know, he's not going to be playing conservatively. He's not going to be trying uh, to save his body for the draft. I mean, if he gets hurt in this game, he's back next season. It doesn't even matter. So I think that he's going all out in this one. I think he's motivated. And so that's why I'm leaning toward Miami right now. I, I, I agree with you. Listen, Chuba Hubbard, huge loss. Even if he isn't playing well, just the, just the fact that he's on the field takes someone – it, it, takes, it takes like a look from the defense. It's like someone has to watch Chuba Hubbard at all times. 
And that's a huge loss. I know LD Brown's good, but he's not Chuba Hubbard, Brandon. No. I mean, let's be honest. And if there's ever a time you wish you had Chuba Hubbard, it would be UNC. I mean, it, w- it would be Miami, after, especially after what UNC did to them, rushing for 500 yards last week. Right. Or a few weeks ago. I mean, this Miami defense is giving up a lot of yards, Brandon, but they're very, very opportunistic. And if there's a quarterback that you can make, you can force into turnovers, Spencer Sanders. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to call him a bum. I'm not calling him a fraud. I think he's a fairly good quarterback when he's on, but when he's off, man, he's so off. Yeah, he he is off a lot though. I think the I I I think the I, I think Derek King is by far the better quarterback. I think Cameron Harris is the better running back. Tylen Wallace is the best wide receiver, but if Spencer Sanders can't, you know, if he can't make time in the pocket, he can't make the the correct reads. Can't get the ball to Tylen Wallace, and it doesn't matter. You just have a really good wide receiver sitting out there doing nothing. Fair. That's what it comes down to, and I think this Miami team is motivated. They are striving. They're, they're fighting for something. They're fighting for some respect. They got embarrassed last time. Right. And, you know, you look at Oklahoma State. They have a big – they had a big win over Baylor, but their players are opting out. It's like how much is Oklahoma State really bought in? Miami has a bunch of players opting back into next season already. Right. So I think Miami's the more motivated team, Brandon. I think Miami has the better offense right now. I think they have the the more opportunistic defense. I like Oklahoma State's defense. I've been high on them all year. I just think it's a very bad matchup with De'Aaron King. And I got Miami here, Brandon, and I have Miami 24-21 over Oklahoma State. Oh, dude. Okay, so I don't want I don't want any of the texts or calls or anything. Sam, I'm, I'm picking Zach's picks because I talked about picking Miami before that. Um, I'm also going to go with Miami in this one. I think it's a close one as well. Uh, I'll go with Miami. I'm going to go a little bit higher scoring, I think. Um, Miami 35, Oklahoma State uh, 28. Ooh, I like that score. I, I do like that score. This is the game that I've been waiting to get to, Brandon. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Florida, Oklahoma, top seven teams in the country. Right now, Oklahoma is a three-point favorite. Do you think the Sooners get it done down in Dallas, or do you think the Florida Gators bounce back after two straight losses? I don't know, man. This one's also tough just because, I mean, like you said, we have a a Florida team who's coming off of two straight losses and two, like, real. and I'm not saying, like, they were both big scoring, like big, like differences in score or anything, but two bad losses. I mean, a loss to LSU is bad enough. And then you go get beat in a game that you think you might win against Alabama. And I don't know if that's not demoralizing. I don't really know what is. Um, and on the same, in the same token, you know, what is this Florida team really playing for? They're playing to be sugar bowl champs. I mean, yeah. that's not, I mean, what even is that? You know, you, like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not exciting. You also have to note that um, uh, Kadarius, Tony, and Trayvon Grimes both opted out. Isn't Didn't Kyle Pitts opt out too? Or am yes. I imagining that? Yeah, so yes. he's done. So they've got Kyle Trask, who's been really good. But I wouldn't be shocked if he, if at some point he's like, you know what, I'm not playing because he's go- probably going to be like the, the third quarterback off the board in the in this draft. So – I don't know. It's I, I don't think this Florida team is very motivated. Oklahoma's been playing extremely well. I mean, this is a whole new team, um, and and you know, like we said in our in our playoff uh, preview, if if we could have gotten this Oklahoma team this this past three weeks, Oklahoma four weeks, Oklahoma, put them in the playoff because they, I mean, they're doing incredible things. I think Zach, I think that you uh, even talked about potentially putting them in the playoff, having just the four uh, best power five team yeah. teams in the playoff. I mean, I've heard that argument from a ton of people um, because this would be the year to do it. And I don't disagree. I mean, I think this Oklahoma team will be probably more competitive than, and I, and I hate to say this because I've been a big Notre Dame fan this season uh, on this, on this podcast, but they'd probably be more competitive against Alabama than Notre Dame would be. Um, so, so, yeah, man, you got me thinking. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going with Oklahoma in this one. That's crazy. I think I am. 
<laughs> Listen, I came in knowing I was going with Oklahoma. Ah. Listen, as good as Kyle Trask is, Brandon, it, who's he going to throw to? Out if I told you name the top three weapons on this offense, you would say Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, then Trayvon Grimes. Right. <laughs> it's like, who's he throwing it to? Can you even can listen? Can y'all even even people listening? Just go ahead and test your friends. Can you name another wide receiver on this Florida team? Wow, that's worth a name. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. Yeah, because you want to know what? Jacob Copeland is the next wide receiver, and he has only 23 catches for 400 yards on the year. And then the next person is the running back. God, <laughs> this is tough. It's not a good look. And the Florida team can't run either. Right. So Oklahoma has no worries in the run game. They do play the run really well, as you saw against Parisi Hall in the championship game. And listen, I know Kyle Trask is good, but he has no one to throw to. Spencer Rattler has been improving week in and week out, and this offense is just as explosive. They're averaging almost 500. They're putting up more points per game than Florida. Right. And I, and like you said, Stevenson is a monster. Ramondre Stevenson is a monster. I think he's going to have a huge game against this Florida defense, Brandon. I think you saw what Najee Harris said to him. Stevens is going to be worse. And then Marvin Mims is going to be just like Devontae Smith beating them deep. I don't think this Florida team is going to be motivated at all. They don't have a lot to play for. Oklahoma comes it comes in. I think they put up a lot of points. I think Lincoln Riley has this team rolling. They've been on a big win streak. They put up 62 against Texas Tech, 62 against Kansas, 41 Oklahoma State. 27 two weeks in a row against two decent defenses. This Florida team is not ready, Brandon. I wouldn't be surprised if more players opt out. I have Oklahoma big in this one, Brandon. I really do. I got Oklahoma 45, Florida 21. I will say in the spirit of one year ago today when we were recording, when Oklahoma got beat big by LSU, I'm also going to go, well, I'm not going to go big. I, I think that's in the spirit of what you picked. I'm going to go with Oklahoma in this one, though. Um, wow, that's crazy. The, the football power index even has Oklahoma in this one. That's nuts. Um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma in this one. Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be a big score. We just saw we just saw Florida <laughs> Alabama out. We've seen Oklahoma for the past however long. Um, so I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Oklahoma 49. Uh, Florida. I don't know if they score that much. That's the only thing. Uh, Florida 38. Yeah, that run game's going to get shut down by that front seven. That front Absolutely. seven with Ronnie Perkins is a, is a mean unit. Right. But, guys, that is a wrap on this episode. We just brought some game previews this one. We're going to get back on track with normal episodes later this week, but we have so many games to cover in such a little time. And we have the holidays. I hope you all all had good holidays. Listen, I know that this episode is just pick six, but we have an interview for leasing Wednesday with Don Munson from Clemson previewing the Sugar Bowl down there with um, Ohio State Clemson. He previews Clemson. Uh, he recaps Clemson season. We talk about Travis Etienne being one of the best running backs in the country and in history. We talk about Trevor Lawrence's Heisman run. We talk about what separates Clemson this year from previous Clemson teams. And we talk about why those Clemson's, uh, Clemson assistants cannot be hired elsewhere. So tune in for that. It'll be live on YouTube and audio version everywhere. So look for that Wednesday. So y'all get a whole dose of the Blue Bloods this week. We're previewing all the New Year's Six Bowls and the January 2nd Bowls on the next episode, so tune in for that. Tell your friends, family, everyone about the episodes. Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. And Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. You know where to find us on YouTube, the Blue Bloods CFB Podcast. Go to our website, thebluebloodspod.com. You can find links to everything there, videos, articles, all that good stuff. But guys, we appreciate all y'all. We love all y'all. Hope y'all have a good New Year's and we'll be back real soon. But for right now, we out.